Hello and welcome to Moonshot, a show by Sequoia India and Southeast Asia that profiles innovative startups and inspiring founders who are dreaming big, making an impact and driving change across the region. I'm your host, Dewi Fabri, and throughout this podcast, we'll be introducing you to founders and thought leaders who are helping shape the region's startup ecosystem. We hope this podcast will give you fresh ideas on how to start and scale an enduring company. Thanks to affordable internet plans and mobile devices, Indonesia is projected to become the largest digital economy in Southeast Asia by 2025. The country is also home to a vibrant and emerging startup scene. At every turn, Indonesian startups are revolutionizing their sectors and categories in new and inventive ways. Now with us on the show today is Abraham Victor, the co-founder and CEO of Hangry, and Sequoia's Akash Kapoor, an investment advisor focused on Southeast Asian startups. Akash worked very closely with Abraham and his team as they went through Surge. That's Sequoia's rapid scale-up program for early stage startups in India and Southeast Asia. Now, what exactly is a cloud kitchen? It's also known as a ghost or dark kitchen, depending on where you're from. These are central kitchens that accept delivery-only orders but without the space to dine in. They often rely on online orders placed through food delivery apps and aggregators. Now, first of all, Abraham, cloud kitchens are not a new thing. In Indonesia, you already have giants like Grab and Gojek who already operate a number of them across the country. It's a pretty brave move to want to dive into a market that's already pretty crowded. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It's a very crowded market. Um, but so is every other market to think about it. We try to enter categories that we think are very large. Um, one example would be fried chicken. So fried chicken category is known to be the largest food category of the world. And in Indonesia, it's definitely the largest category. And then um, Japanese food is another category of sort that uh, across the globe, people just generally love them. So um, we try to identify those categories and we especially like categories that are dominated by few players. So, for example, the fried chicken category in here is dominated by some of the top fast food chains that we know. Um, and what, what we try to do is to come up with something that sells at similar price range, but is absolutely better in the customer's eyes. Um, so that's, that's how we, we, we decide on which category and which brand to build. I think when the idea came, it was an intersection between uh, my personal affinity towards the sector called FNB, because I love food. I'm not just a foodie. I actually vote for the Asia 50 Best Restaurant every year. So I'm seriously committed about eating. And I thought that um, that means I'm one of the more the more picky eaters out there. And that means I should have a um, pretty demanding like, appetite or, or palate, right, in terms of the product itself. So I thought that, hey, maybe if, if let's say, I, I jump into this industry, I should be able to know how to create a product or how to discern a product that is probably better than everything else in the market. So that's what gave me confidence to want to jump into this industry. And I think across the globe, customers in general are, are always looking for better and better product. So we've seen that trend in, in mobile phone, how Nokia was the largest player for a long time, but customers switched in the end, right? And then we're also seeing the same thing in content, how people used to rent DVDs and now people are watching Netflix. So I think across the globe in different industries, we can safely conclude that customers are always looking for better and better things. And uh, I believe the same about FNB too. And that's why we think there's an opportunity for us to, to come into the market and win here. 
That's so true. So walk us through the model. How does Hangry work and how are you different from other cloud kitchens in Indonesia? All the food giants of the world are players like KFC, McDonald's, Pizza Hut, all of which are have been in the market for 50 to 70 years. And I, I, I firmly believe that customers are actually open for new brands if these new brands can offer something different and better compared to what they've been consuming in the market for a while. So um, we, we, we actually tried hard to think about what can be the next global brands, what can be enjoyed across the globe, what can be a part of global citizens' lifestyle for the next 100 years. Um, and in the end, we decided to start several brands from scratch. And all these brands uh, range from Korean fried chicken, Japanese beef bowl, Indonesian food, as well as some beverage brand as well. But one thing that we do differently compared to the other brands is how we are now building brands that are purely delivery. So I think we have a huge privilege and luxury, which is that we, we live in a market where delivery food is actually a part of people's lifestyle. This is a phenomenon that didn't exist a few decades before. So we think that rather than building a dining operation that is very capital intensive, um, we could actually build brands and host them under the same kitchen and scale that way. That way our, our brands would, would, would be able to scale without requiring so much investment. And plus, we don't even need to actually rent a prime property because we, we do delivery only. So customers don't need to actually see a nice facade of the restaurant itself. So uh, in the end, we decided to build that operation, which is like multi-brand delivery only restaurants by the end of 2019. So Abraham, it's clear that you know, you're really tapping into this whole digital economy in Indonesia and the fact that so many Indonesians are tech savvy and able to order their food via an app or online. Now, Akash, let's bring you in on the conversation here. When you first met Hangry in 2020, they had uh, eight kitchens, I, I believe, and now they have over 40 across Jakarta and Bandung. Like, what excited you about this whole cloud kitchen scene in Indonesia and in particular Hangry? Yeah, that's right, Devi. Uh, they had uh, eight kitchens and uh, four brands. That's what I recall. Uh, let me start by saying it's no secret that uh, Indonesians love food. Uh, you know, we picked up a few interesting facts over the last two years. Uh, one of them, for example, is one in three Indonesians snack more than twice a day. Uh, 30 to 40% of personal consume, personal income is spent on food. Uh, both of these translated, translate to you know, a large market, a 40 to 50 billion market opportunity in FNB alone. Uh, cut, cut, cut that to this decade now, and you would see that ride hailing has enabled the shift towards people caring not necessarily about the location of the restaurant, but caring about the best food at, you know, available at the best price. Uh, that's where Hangry or models like Hangry's come in. Specifically, when it came to Brahm and Hangry team, uh, what got us interested was if you talk to any of the consumers who've tried their food, you'd realize that people talk about the perfection that Hangry puts in into, the, into each of the recipes and each of the foods. For example, you know, the crispiness of the moon chicken came out uh, in, in many conversations. The freshness of the sun you came about in many conversations. So these are small things that, you know, Brahm and team have worked on very important, very important things, small things, but very important things that Brahm and team have worked on, which as a result of these things, you know, Hangry has become a multi-brand food food retail company on top of the cloud kitchens powered by ride hailing. 
Abraham, Akash mentioned that you have four products. How did you choose these products? We try to identify categories that we think are big. So obviously there are so many categories of food. There, there's fried chicken, there's pizza, there's burger, there's snacks, but not all categories are equal. So what we consciously decide to do since the beginning is to identify categories that are very, very large and build brands that we think would win those categories. So that's why we have Moon Chicken, which is entering the fried chicken market, which is one of the most sizable, if not the most sizable uh, category globally. And we also have Sangyu, which is in the Japanese food category, also another genre of food that everyone across the globe loves. So we try to enter those very large categories and the aim is to win those categories. And Devi, if I may add, Bram and team also have this concept of timeless categories, right? Categories that are food items that existed 10 or 20 years back and will continue to exist for another 10, 20, 30 years. Like fried chicken is one example. I mean, that existed 15, 20 years ago, still going strong and will continue to go strong. Uh, that, I, 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 that is another concept they have. So let's take it back to, you know, Moon Chicken. That's, if I may call it your breakout brand, right? And when it comes to chicken, in Indonesia, it's like every street, there's at least two ayam pinyet stores. Is that why you specifically chose chicken? I mean, it's universally loved throughout Indonesia. Um, and, and how are you making your chicken different? Um, I love talking about Moon Chicken. It's one of the brands that I really, really love personally. Um, so when we started thinking about Moon Chicken, I remember that we tried to identify what makes a great fried chicken. And when it comes to fried chicken, I think there are three elements, which is the, the chicken skin and then the meat and the seasoning, right? So the skin has to always be crispy and then the flavor has to penetrate to the bone and the meat has to always be juicy. So what we had in mind is that we want to create something that, that should be uh, great on its own, but that in itself is not enough because we thought that if we were to come into the market, we have to come up with something that one-ups the standard in the market. So um, I remember that uh, everyone else that we were speaking to at that time was telling us that their favorite chickens in the market are those of the top QSR chains. So uh, we did a couple of research on, on how we can make it even better. And in the end, we decided that, okay, first of all, we have to make sure that our chicken has to remain crispy after two hours because we're a delivery focused player, meaning that people wouldn't eat the chicken fresh from the fryer. And then the second thing is we would like our chicken to be a little thinner in the skin. So our chicken wings has thinner better and that allows for a crispier, more airy feeling when people bite into it. Now the hardest part is, uh, I mentioned earlier that I wanted, I wanted to one up the offering, right? So instead of presenting our chicken naked, we decided to coat all our chickens in sauces and seasonings. And that actually makes it very complicated because if the batter is more thin, but we douse it in sauce, it's physically a bit impossible to make sure it remains crispy after two hours. So that's why it actually costed us about three to four months to develop that recipe alone that in the end uh, we were confident about. So it take, took you like three months to develop the, I guess, the, the, the secret recipe behind Moon Chicken. Tell us about it. What does that entail in a day? Like how many chickens are you eating? <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I think I've definitely put on a few kgs because of that. I remember that every day my R&D team would send me samples every day. Um, sometimes they would send in the morning. Sometimes they would send at night. Um, and I, I, I've had 
more chickens than ever. Not just me, actually. Everyone in my family has had more chickens than they've had in their entire life, I think, in the past one year or so. <laughs> Consistency is key. So I think and at the first impression, customer wants something that wows them, right? But what keeps them coming and what keeps them um, being a regular customer is uh, consistency and reliability. So that's something that we try to focus on. So And consistency is, uh, comprises of quality consistency as well as SLA. So food has to be done well all the time. And at the same time, food has to also be done fast all the time. And for us, uh, that's our DNA. We The largest theme in our, oper- in, in our company is operations. And uh, the one theme that I think carries the heaviest load is the quality assurance and training team. So we try to create um, a, a DNA in the operations team where every single person working in the kitchen really strictly follows our SOP. And um, obviously the challenge is now even bigger as we scale, uh, which is why we're investing in this thing called Hangry Academy with the intention of uh, equipping our kitchen staffs better and better, which will result in more and more consistent product. Let's talk a little bit about that. What does Hangry Academy entail? Like when you go to Hangry Academy, what do you, what do you learn? The, the way we, we recruit our, our team is that we try to make sure our, anyone can work in our kitchen meaning that people don't have to go through culinary school to be able to thrive in our kitchen. And what, what the gap between um, those kind of people with the products that we that come out of our kitchen is basically training. So it's a rigorous training of understanding of product, um, of, of being able to be more meticulous and disciplined in their work, and it takes time. So right now, uh, we're uh, mixing and matching between a combination of theoretical teaching as well as practical teaching in the outlets itself. And that's a whole curriculum that is maintained by the Hangry Academy team. It's a little bit like the Heidi Lau Academy, if I may say, um, you know, where they bring people in and, and they train them up to work in their restaurants. But Heidi Lau, they have they use a lot of tech um, behind the scenes, right? Is, is that something that Hangry is doing as well or, or planning to do or currently does? Um, we incorporate a lot of tech in the way we operate in the kitchen. So... Maybe I can share one example. So one of the biggest uh, challenge in, in, in running a restaurant is deciding this thing called holding quantity. It's basically deciding how many chickens to prepare ahead of rush hours. If we prepare too much, then it's going to go to waste. But if we don't prepare enough, then the SLA is going to be screwed up. People are going to have to wait for a long time. So we are building this uh, tech stack called Hangry Prediction Engine, where we try to uh, predict automatically how many chickens or how many other sorts of SKUs do we need to prepare ahead of time. And traditionally, this, this function has been performed manually, actually. So across different restaurants, uh, you guys will find out that mo- most, most of these functions are covered by store managers that are experienced. So they would decide on the holding quantity based on their experience. But we believe we should be able to automate this, which is why, uh, which is one of the examples of the incorporation of technology in our operation. You know, Devi, you mentioned a critical part around tech and uh, obviously the delivery partners, one other aspect of uh, tech is that the delivery partners are, are critical to uh, to Hangry's existence. But at the same time, the brand is now maturing such that people are coming onto the app that Bram and team have developed and, you know, ordering food from there. And many of the repeat, you know, users and people who, many of the repeat customers prefer to just come on the app and order food from there. Uh, and on the app, they can choose various, you know, uh, you know, either they can go to the restaurant and pick it themselves or, or, or you know, to the, to the kitchen or, or otherwise order from the kitchen. 
So I think that's another aspect that in the last couple of years, team has developed. And we, we really see that uh, everything that we do here has to one up everything that customer has been experiencing for the past five decades. So, and technology is obviously one of the one of the best thing to infuse into the business and operation to deliver those services to customers. So I think Akash did mention about Hangry's app. So why we made that app is actually because customers have been telling us that their biggest frustration about FNB is that sometimes when something goes wrong in their order, it's really hard to complain. It's really, really hard to complain. And, and they feel that if they complain to restaurants, it just takes so much effort and it takes so much time. So we built the app for that purpose, actually, so that customers could contact us right away. And we have a 10-minute strict SLA, meaning that after 10 minutes, the customer would have a response for sure. And I think our result, resolution rate is about 98%, meaning that 90% of the complaints are resolved. Wow, that's great. So you really solve these customers' pain points um, almost immediately, or, or rather within 10 minutes, um, if they have any issues. So. Apart from that, like, what are some other ways that you know Hangry is building uh, affinity with their with their with their customers? Like, how do you keep them coming back? Apart from being delicious and convenient and um, quick to respond to any issues. So I think um, when based on our 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 strategy, we actually carefully choose categories that are large. But in addition to that, we also. Uh, decided that we want to enter categories that we think are timeless. So I think there are many kinds of foods in the market, and we believe that some are are there to last and some are just uh, there temporarily. So for us, we, we we only want to enter categories that we think are are timeless, meaning that these are things that people have been eating for the past 50 years and things that people will keep on eating for the next 50 years. So fried chicken, gyudon, those are examples of those kind of things. Now, when, when, when it comes to this kind of food, people have higher expectation, actually, because people have, have tried many and people are very familiar about the products. Uh, so they, they want consistency. They want to be wowed every time they eat. They want value for money. But in a, even if we do all that, people will still get bored. So for us, we, we have to nail the basics. So food has to be great and food has to be consistent and food has to be delivered fast. But on top of that, we still have to sway them and, 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 and excite them uh, with our brands. So one of the things that we're doing recently is um, we, we noticed that customers have been catching the Korean K-pop bug. And, um, and, th- and we, we thought that we should do something about it. So uh, we stroke a partnership with this Korean uh, instant noodle brand called Samyang, where uh, we did an official partnership. Uh, launching uh, Samyang Samyang series in our Moon Chicken, so we're the only brand that they've ever, they've ever worked with in Indonesia, um, and and customers loved it in the end. So I think um, to, to answer your question, Dewi, we, we try to focus on nailing the basics, but on top of that, we we think hard as well on how to keep on to keep customers being excited about us. Wow, Samyang noodles and Moon Chicken sounds like a match made in heaven. Delicious heaven, really. So it seems like attention to detail is behind everything that Hangry does. You know, you're paying attention to your customers. You're looking at this K-pop craze. Abraham, you're a year into your journey and you've built a loyal following among Indonesians in what's a very competitive market. What advice would you give um, aspiring founders who are trying to break into a crowded space? I think um, 
the advice that I would like to share is something that I keep on hearing from Akash as well, which is that product market fit is everything. And I think uh, as any entrepreneur might be able to relate, my weakness is that I like my own idea. But my own idea may not actually be what the market wants, right? So um, I think the, the the biggest advice is for, for us to keep on listening to customers. And for us, we try to make it our company DNA. So our company's number one value is customer obsession, actually. And we don't just say it. So uh, one of the rituals that we do in Hangry is uh, we look at customer complaints every morning. So every 9 a.m. to 9.45 a.m., different divisions would look at the same complaint list that comes, and we try to address each of them. Of course, it's, it's a painful exercise, and it's very discouraging at times. But I believe that these are things that would make a difference in the long run. That's a, a, a tough way to start the day, but very, very important. <laughs> you know, even as you look at people saying negative things about you, that's the only way to iterate and make your product better. Now, Akash, as you look back on your experience over the last year with Hangry, what are the three most important things that they've done to break into a crowded market? Well, um, interestingly, it's not very different from, uh, you know, what you would hear an internet or a tech company talk about, and uh, you know, and I'd say I'd rank these three things in the following order. Like, you know, first would be, uh, you know, at the time of product development, focus and uh, making sure that you get the product right is very important. The more you iterate on it, the better each change uh, should make it better for the customer. That would be number one, I'd say. Number two, consistency. Once you've developed the product, delivering consistent experience, consistent product, and then caring about you know the customer service is very, very important. That would be number two. Um, and I'd say third, you know, brand is not built by spending dollars on marketing. Brand is built by how well you do the first two things. It's how well you develop a product or how good a product you develop, and then how well uh, do you take that product to market uh, repeatedly back to the customers? I'd say third is brand building, but it's 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 a function of the first two. Abraham, Akash, it seems like the saying, the way to a man's heart is through his stomach, holds true for Hangry. And I can't wait to see how many more Indonesians will become fans of the brand soon. Thank you both so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you, Akash and Dewi. I've been speaking to Abraham Victor, the co-founder and CEO of Indonesian cloud kitchen chain Hangry, and Akash Kapoor, an investment advisor from Sequoia, India, based in Singapore. Well, that made me really hungry, so I may just go and get some fried chicken. Thank you for joining us. I'm Dewi Fabri. And for more interesting startup stories, visit our website, sequoiacap.com, or follow us on Spotify. Terima kasih untuk mendengarkan kami, dan sampai jumpa lagi. Thank you.